Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Good evening from New York City. You're listening to U2 with the Soweto Gospel Choir. Our Wednesday night theme, We Always Play, from Edwin Charles. And boy, do I miss Midwin Charles and her keen analysis more than ever, especially at times like this. You are listening to SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugel saying this is the little show that could at the corner of What the Fuck O'Clock. And wow, you're still broadcasting this late? This is the show Tell Me Everything, bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. And hello to... Boy, this sounds so good, Chris. Yes. You know, I was just thinking about Midwin the other day. Yeah. uh, Because she'd be a star by now. In the way the politics in this country and media oh, has I know. gone in the last three years, she, we wouldn't even be able to book her anymore, I don't think. She would be a I star. Know. She already I was, know. but like she really would be. No, she would be. I mean, Midwin, her, her brilliance, her wit, her beauty, she was so great on TV. And that's why it's astonishing she really loved our show so much. I mean, Midwin came in here every week. She slept to the studio every week to do an hour with us. I put her on with so many comics. I put her on with Jackie the Joke Man Marling, and she just held her own with whoever we threw at her. And she just kept coming back for more through the pandemic. She was with us every week. I miss her so much. And you're right. I mean, at a time like this, when MSNBC... Boy, try being a comedian to get booked on that channel these days. I, I, I should have gone to law school just for the airtime. Uh, they would be all over her, and she'd be bringing her usual brilliance to it. Boy, I do miss her. And, you know, all we can do is carry on her legacy of calling out the bullshit and fighting for justice and trying to understand the law as best as I can in a way that would hopefully make her proud. Wednesdays are Midwin Charles Day on this show, and uh, we appreciate all of our guests. Tonight, we are very lucky to have three of our favorites. It's great when we have these nights when, you know, we, we love having the celebs on, the authors and the new people, but when we can bring in three different people who all have great takes on politics uh, for a show, it, it's special. And tonight, Bob Seska is here, Dr. Tracy Pearson is here, and from Muller She Wrote and the Daily Beans Pod, Allison Gill is here. It's a really special show, and there's a lot to cover. It's a day of history. We're so glad you guys could be with us here. And uh, hello to everyone listening live, our evil army of the night. We love you guys, and we love to hear from you. We would also love to uh, send our best regards to everyone who listens on the John Fuglesang podcast or on uh, demand or the SiriusXM app. You are our day walkers, and we love you guys. Even though you're not here with us live, we hello from the past. You're always, by the way, if you are a day walker, welcome to call if you ever get bored some night and there is so much to get to donald trump violated a civil fraud trial gag order earning a ten thousand dollar fine from judge engeron and being pulled up to testify under oath on the stand you have to see the photos of how unhappy this man has been the u.n has officially called for a ceasefire in gaza they're saying that fuel supplies will run dry in the next 24 hours effectively 
halting aid missions in the region. This was totally overlooked today, but the North Carolina legislature signed off on a heavily gerrymandered Republican favoring legislative district map. I know. What a shock. That could flip at least three House seats in next year's election. Lawyers, start your engines. And Hurricane Otis cut off all electricity and cut off all communications with the Mexican coastal resort Acapulco after making an historic landfall as a Category 5 hurricane. Acapulco does not get hurricanes. That coast of Mexico does not get hurricanes, and it really doesn't get Category 5s. Of course, there's a lot to get to on the show tonight. Chris Hauseltz, our executive producer, he's running this thing from South Carolina. The great Thea Harper running this thing from Brooklyn. And before we get to the big news about the speaker, and we have thoughts, uh, there's some good news. The United Auto Workers has reached a tentative agreement with Ford. The union announced this just an hour ago. This is a huge historic breakthrough that could signal the beginning of the end to the strike against the automaker and create a path for the rest of the big three to come to some kind of terms with their workers. This would be a huge relief to the White House and Democrats who represent car producing regions because they had supported the workers' demands, even though people feared the strike would harm the economy. But Joe Biden went there and became the first president in history to join an active picket line. And tonight, there's some good news about that. It looks like Joe Biden was on the right side of history. But now, let's talk about the other side. The wrong side of history party has spoken. In Canada, Tonight, there's a CBC News headline a friend sent me that said, the U.S. House is now led by an election denier extraordinaire. Yesterday, we were talking about Mary Flipmas because we were celebrating Jenna Ellis and Ken Chesbro and Sidney Powell and Mark Meadows all flipping like pancakes on the griddle. But give Trump some credit. He's been flipping Republican House members in favor of picking a speaker who would codify election denial as a principle of the party. Donald Trump has been just putting the screws to anyone, anyone. I mean, Tom Emmer was not an election denier. He was only two of the nine that were running yesterday morning that wasn't an election denier. And Donald Trump said he wouldn't get involved. Then he did and sicked his minions on him because, you know, the whole notion is Donald Trump is going to make sure the Speaker of the House is someone who will queer the vote and throw the election to him in 2025 or late 2024. And until today, a very low-profile congressman from Louisiana, someone the New York Times once called the most important architect of the Electoral College objections that Donald Trump dishonestly pushed, that guy got unanimous support from the House Republican Party, and he is now the Speaker of the House. After 22 days of no speaker and chaos and division, as opposed to the normal chaos and division, but with a speaker, um, we now have a Speaker of the House. (laughs) after weeks of infighting, he is now the 56th Speaker of the House of Representatives. Mike Johnson, congratulations to you. It's a pretty impressive outcome. This guy only was elected to Congress in 2016. And before that, he'd only served one two-year term in the state legislature. How'd he get so big so fast? Wait till you find out. Here's Patrick McHenry, finally freed of his burden as as House Leader Pro Temp, announcing Mike Johnson as the next Speaker of the House. The Honorable Mike Johnson of the state of Louisiana, having received a majority of the votes cast, is duly elected Speaker of the House of Representatives for the 118th Congress. It's big news for Donald Trump. 
And it's big news for the election because, you know, votes in the presidential election have to be certified, right? So now this guy Johnson, he's a very loyal Trump ally with uh, an incredibly similar voting record to Jim Jordan. And yet all 25 Republicans who voted against Jim Jordan for speaker last week voted for this guy, even though when it comes to votes, they're basically the same. He's been called a staunchly conservative Republican. Get ready to hear the word staunch a lot. One thing I'll say is um, whether you're talking about liberals or conservatives or, or sports fans, staunch always means dickish. But I congratulate him. He was elected to the full chamber on the first vote. Moderate Republicans and the, the Republicans who represent districts Joe Biden won in 2020 have voted for the most conservative House speaker in, in 80 years. And again, still relatively unknown. And that was his strength. He had very few enemies who could derail this thing for him. This is being celebrated by the hardliners. Matt Gates is very happy. So the wrong side of history party has spoken. The most lunatic fringe members vetoed every other choice. But who is this guy, Mike Johnson, besides being a low-ranking member of the leadership who's only been in Congress since 2017? Besides being the least experienced representative to get the speaker's position in 140 years. He has less experience serving as a congressman than any person elected speaker since John Carlyle in 1883. Since the Civil War, speakers of the House have spent an average of 18 years as congressmen before ascend or congresswomen before ascending to the top of the food chain. So who is he? This staunch person. Well, besides saying that women have abortions after the baby is born, saying that Trump really won the 2020 election, saying January 6th was a legitimate protest, saying Social Security is a Ponzi scheme, wanting to cut Medicare, claiming climate change is a hoax, saying COVID was a hoax and the vaccines are dangerous. Who is (laughs) Mike Johnson? Well, he boasts about his Christianity, friends, a lot. He has longstanding ties to the evangelical right-wing fake Christian activist group, the Family Research Council. Fundraising for the Democrats? Take note. Because if you're in a swing district, you should start getting nervous right now. You see, Mike Johnson's Christianity seems to consist of uh, persecuting gay people, criminalizing abortion, lowering his trousers, squatting and defecating on the actual teachings of Jesus. Back in April 2015, when he was in the legislature in uh, Louisiana for that one term. He proposed a bill called the Louisiana Marriage and Conscience Act that would have uh, prevented adverse treatment by the state of any person or entity in the basis of the views they hold with regard to marriage. In other words, if someone decides to break the law and discriminate against a same-sex couple trying to exercise their right to marry as declared by the Supreme Court, they would face no penalties. Now, that was bigoted rubbish, And it went nowhere, but it got him on the radar of Tony Perkins, who's the president of the Family Research Council and lives in Louisiana. So Perkins hosts this radio show called Washington Watch, and he began having Mike Johnson as his guest host. He's a conservative right-wing radio douchebag. And did I mention revoltingly false Christian? Because we'll get to that. Tony Perkins is a guy who says natural disasters are God's punishment for homosexuality. Not very popular with huge portions of the American electorate, is it? But, again, Johnson's political views are right in line. In 2004, Johnson wrote an op-ed that said, Homosexual relationships are inherently unnatural. Society cannot give its stamp of approval to such a dangerous lifestyle. I'm going to remind you here that Jesus says nothing about gay people at all, and that Mike Johnson doesn't follow the parts of the Bible that do condemn gay people, because no one does. If you claim to follow Leviticus, and you use that as your reason to hate the gays— then you're obliged to execute people who commit adultery. 
get busy with your next meeting with Donald Trump, pal. He's pushed for a national abortion ban, and he talks about the so-called separation of church and state. He said the founders wanted to protect the church from an encroaching state, not the other way around. Now, in terms of abortion, he is a lawyer. He opposes it in all cases. He's thrilled that the Donald Trump Supreme Court gutted Roe v. Wade and took that right away from women in this country. He said on Fox News, uh, there is no right to abortion in the Constitution. There never was. Here he is right now, the famous quote that you may have heard earlier, Congressman Johnson in a hearing lamenting all the able-bodied wage workers who've been lost to decades of abortion rights. Roe v. Wade gave constitutional cover to the elective killing of unborn children in America, period. You think about the implications of that on the economy. We're all struggling here to, to cover the bases of Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and all the rest. If we had all those able-bodied workers in the economy, we wouldn't be going upside down and toppling over like this. Listen, the gentleman I yield. will not yield. I will not. Roe was a terrible corruption of America's constitutional jurisprudence. That's a man who thinks that your teenage daughter, should she get raped, should be forced by the state to carry and bear her rapist child. Based on nothing in the Bible, just how he feels. He has as much right to tell women what to do with their body as I do. And I have no right to tell women what they can do with their body. The anti-abortion nonprofit Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America gives him an A-plus rating. Now, probably more than anyone else in the House Republican Conference wants to criminalize abortion care. He's proposed a nationwide ban without any exceptions. He says doctors who give abortion care should be imprisoned at hard labor. And his whole anti-abortion shtick reveals he's really a dumb person's idea of a smart person. Here's more of Mike Johnson on abortion with some wild and wildly out-of-pocket hypotheticals. Get ready for this. Let me ask you, do you support the right of a woman who is just seconds away from birthing a healthy child to have an abortion? I think that the question that you're asking asking does not realistically reflect abortion care. In that in scenario, would you, su- would you support her right to abort that child? I won't entertain theoreticals. It's not a theoretical, not ma'am. You're a medical doctor. I am a medical doctor, and that has never happened. Never happened in your practice, ma'am, but it it happens. How about if a child is halfway out of the birth canal? Is an abortion permissible then? Can you repeat your question? If a child is halfway delivered out of the birth canal, is it permissible to have an abortion? Would you support the right for an abortion then? I can't even fathom that ever. I'm not asking you if you can fathom it. If it occurred, would you support that abortion or not? That's unrestricted abortion, right? That's a question that I can't imagine. Just like you probably can't imagine what you would do if your daughter was raped. If it hasn't happened, it may be difficult for you. You're not going to answer this question. Okay, just so you know, the Bible never bans abortion. Never. Judaism, Jesus' religion, never bans abortion. Abortions are free and legal in Israel right now. God makes it very clear. Life begins with first breath in Genesis. Uh, He gives abortion tips for unfaithful pregnant wives in Numbers chapter 5. And God makes it very clear in Exodus 21 that he regards a fetus as property and a woman's life has more value in his eye. You can be against abortion. You can fight to criminalize abortion. Don't claim Jesus is the reason you're doing it because Jesus did oppose the death penalty. Spoiler alert, Mike Johnson doesn't give a rat's ass what Jesus opposes. Now, the homophobia. 20 years ago, he wrote an op-ed denouncing the Supreme Court for throwing out sodomy laws. This man said, and he's a lawyer, that states have a right to criminalize homosexuality, to criminalize same-sex activity in a country that boasts of liberty and freedom. And he said the government should be allowed to ban any sex outside of marriage. He's a Christian fascist, which should be an oxymoron. But in America, 
It's mainstream. He introduced legislation last year modeled after Ron DeSantis' despicable Weasley Don't Say Gay bill that would have prohibited discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity, as well as related subjects at any institution that received federal funds. Public school, university, you can't talk about sexual orientation there. Human rights campaign? The LGBTQ civil rights organization has given him a score of zero in their congressional scorecard. This won't shock you. He's not a fan of being nice to transgender people. He described gender-affirming care, meaning medical care that affirms or recognizes the gender identity of the person receiving the care, uh, as adults inflicting harm on helpless children to affirm their worldview. Just so you guys know, healthcare bodies, including the American Medical Association, the American Psychiatric Association, and the American Academy of Pediatrics, say that gender-affirming care is an appropriate form of treatment for people, including minors, who identify as transgender. When it comes to Ukraine, he thinks Putin is both fine and dandy. Voted against further Ukraine aid. He serves on the House Armed Services Committee. He was one of 57 lawmakers, all Republicans, who voted against the aid package for Ukraine in May. And he's a huge ally of Trump's. He's an obedient servant. He served on Trump's legal defense team during his two impeachment trials in the Senate. That's where you may have seen him before. He called the charges against Trump bogus and said the legal and political systems have treated Trump unfairly. He opposed certifying the 2020 election. He's been called the most important architect of the Electoral College objections. He contested the results. He told Trump to stay strong and keep fighting. After Election Day, he tweeted, I have just called President Trump to say this. Stay strong and keep fighting, sir. The nation is depending upon your resolve. We must exhaust every available legal remedy to restore. This is the Christian groveling before comb over fucking Caligula. And again, it's not like some minor blip on his record that he tried to throw out the will of the American voter. He was the primary source of the leadership. His work for Donald Trump's lie is the primary source of his fame. It's the reason he's managed to unify the party. He led the amicus brief signed by more than 125 House Republicans to support that bullshit Texas lawsuit that tried to invalidate Joe Biden's elected victory in four swing states, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. He filed an amicus brief to the Supreme Court saying that democracy should be thrown out in those four states. And the Supreme Court rejected it, citing a lack of standing, and it dismissed all other motions, including his amicus brief. But he talked about the rigged Dominion voting machines, that had ties to dead Venezuelan dictator Hugo Chavez. Right now, Fox News is paying three quarters of a billion dollars in fines for pushing that. And when they asked him last night about his efforts to throw out the will of the American voter at a press conference, House Republicans shouted down the interviewer. You listen to this right right now. This is A7. While presenting Mike Johnson to the press ahead of his floor vote, the House GOP caucus shouted down a reporter's attempt to hold him accountable for his election lies. Give a listen. By the way, the woman shouting, shut up, shut up. That's Virginia Fox. She's the Republican chair of the Education Committee yelling, shut up. So what's going to happen now? He's got a lot of pressing challenges. The government shutdown that's going to come in 20 days. Will he keep the government running? Or will he do what Donald Trump wants, which is to say, will he do what Vladimir Putin wants? Democrats think Republicans just handed them a treasure trove of fundraising material by electing this guy because he's MAGA to the bone and they have been pushing the party as the MAGA party. He is so unvetted. There's going to be just so much coming out about this guy. He's literally unvetted and a conservative talk show host. Like we're going to be learning lots about this guy that no one has heard about. 
He's got a pretty short runway to manage the sequel to the government shutdown from last year. And it speaks volumes about the state of the modern Republican cult. They just ended up with this radical insurrectionist. I mean, the moderates all caved. But will he be able to rig it for Trump if Trump runs and loses again? The answer is no. You don't need to worry. I saw a lot of comments like this. He's going to help Trump stage a coup. Here's the problem. Uh, It's the constitutionally mandated calendar. The new Congress will take office on January 3rd, 2025. If Hakeem Jeffries becomes the speaker, the gavel is his on that day. The election certification for the president takes place on January 6th, 2025. They can't change those dates. And people are very confident Democrats will take back the House. We'll see. It became a bit more likely today with this guy as their face. Republicans can't change the date of certification unless they change the Constitution. They can't unilaterally change the date. And the Democratic Senate won't let them. So remember, after the Democrats lost the House in 2022, Pelosi and the House Democrats added the Electoral Count Reform Act into the government funding bill. So that prohibits state legislatures from changing the law after Election Day. So he's not going to be able to do it. Trump's out of luck with this guy, if that's what he's hoping. This man's an election denier, a January 6th supporter. He's elevated the great replacement white supremacy talk. He's the architect of the House effort to overturn the election. He wants to ban same-sex weddings. He says weed is a gateway drug. He was on Trump's legal defense team in both both impeachments. This is the Trump mini-me Republicans have chosen as their candidate for speaker. This tells us exactly who they are. Deeply Christian Mike Johnson is willing to bear false witness and lie if it means throwing out millions of American votes to help his actual savior, Donald Trump. He perfectly fits the Democrats' MAGA extremism talking points. Democrats, start your fundraising. We want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-4748. We will be back in just a moment with the great Bob Seska. This is SiriusXM. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker or wherever you get your podcasts on because you know I love it when you do. 
This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John saying. Right now, let's go to someone smarter and more moral and much taller than me. Uh, the great Bob Seska. Maybe you fell in love with him and his columns in Salon. Maybe you fell in love with his appearances on Stephanie Miller. We got this man every Wednesday night. He hosts a great podcast, the Bob Seska podcast, which is really uh, puts me to shame how he blends music and talk of politics. It's always great to have Bob Seska with us. Hello, sir. Hi, John. How are you? I'm fine and dandy. How are you, sir? (laughs) I'm doing great. Watching the slow motion implosion of the Republican Party. They don't know it yet, but you know what? What the hell are they thinking? They're very happy today. They're thinking they had a big win and they're rubbing Democrat faces in it. They've got their anti-gay, anti-abortion rights, pro-Putin, homophobic speaker there and all the baggage. Well, let's just say sometimes your baggage arrives a few days later. Yeah. Did you see them in that press conference after they nominated Mike Johnson? They were literally like the entire Republican conference on the dais surrounding Mike Johnson. It was the one where Virginia Fox was screaming at the press. Yeah, and, screaming uh, shut up. The, the, the chair of the Education Committee screaming shut up at a reporter for asking a question. Exactly right. And you know what, by the way, that's a question they should be asking him for the next year. I mean, every time oh, yeah. uh, Mike Johnson's anywhere near a camera or a microphone, Ask him about the 2020 election. Keep going there Go because it's the most important thing, as far as I'm concerned, of all of this. And obviously, there's a, a lot of things that are circulating around the most important thing that are also important. But I think everything comes down to democracy. I mean, the guy was talking about how today from the, the House dais, he was talking about how God put him in this place. Well, you know yes. what? Democracy, democracy put him in this place. The democracy that he opposes, that his actions have opposed uh, going back into 2020. So that's uh, that's my I mean, actually, in, in my opinion, it's Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council who put him in this yeah. place because Tony Perkins so admired his homophobia. <laughs> yeah. He offered him to be a guest radio host on the Family Research Radio. Oh, yeah. That led to his I mean, career. don't let the fact that Mike Johnson looks like Tim Kazarinsky from Police Academy fool you, because this guy, <laughs> this guy was a, a worked for an outfit called the Alliance Defending Freedom. Let me mm. tell you what this was. This group was all about. They support. Oh, right, the let, me, re- let me guess. They were about the freedom of people to love who they want to love in this country without the state interfering. I'm no. sorry, John. The, the, the freedom of the freedom of wrong. women to have autonomy and control over their own bodies. No, no, I'm sorry. The, the freedom of people to smoke a flower that grew on these lands long before white people ever showed up? Eh, nope, nope, really? sorry. No, they supported the recriminalization of sexual acts between consenting LGBTQ adults in the United States and criminalization abroad. They defended state-sanctioned sterilization of trans people abroad, contended that LGBTQ people are more likely to engage in pedophilia, and claimed that a homosexual agenda will destroy Christianity and society. This wow. is your new speaker of the house. Can I just and, point out? Can I just point out yeah. that um, that homophobia is destroying Christianity in this country and turning people off? Uh, because yeah. that's just a lot of bullshit. Go go on, please. I'm learning so much. But it's much. you know, John, it's religious freedom, don't you know? Oh yeah, <laughs> which mean, but but I've learned from Republicans, religious freedom means the freedom to believe Jesus hates the same people you're scared of. Yeah, that's right. So essentially what the Republicans did is elevate into their platform the notion of forced sterilization, sort of a preemptive majority report style. Hey, look, you know what? You may uh, engage in sexual abuse at some point, so we're going to sterilize you now. So that never happens based on our own ridiculous fantasies. 
And by the way, I mean, all you got to do is look at the headlines and see who's committing most of the sexual assaults in this country as far as the political sphere goes. And by and large, it's Republicans, it's youth pastors, it's people like Mike Johnson. I mean, as I'm reading his record on LGBTQ issues, I'm going, yeah, "Yeah, you know what? It's just a matter of time. The clock is ticking before we find out some sort of, you know, dost protest too much kind of activity (laughs) in Mike Johnson's past because he's just yeah he's so angry about the gays he's so pissed off about the gays and you know bob you're right and again jesus never called out sinners he called out hypocrites i'm not here to kink shame mike uh, johnson if he's got some kind of skeletons in his closet i'm only here to call out his hypocrisy because as you mentioned every society that has ever kept records has always shown that the overwhelming majority of pedophiles are heterosexual identified men Right, right. So that brings us through to next November, which I'm really looking forward to. I mean, I was looking forward to it before because I know the Republicans keep doing this. They keep embracing all the things that launched the Democrats to having a pretty good midterms last time around. And that is, of course, uh, abortion rights and democracy itself. These are two things that Mike Johnson represents the wrong side of and which every single Republican voted in favor of today. That's what happened, including the 19 Republicans who exist right now in districts that Joe Biden won in 2020. I think it's something like 13 of those 19 candidates exist in districts where Democrats won in uh, 2022. And so in that regard, they're asking for a whole lot of trouble in next year's election by voting for this guy. I have no idea. This is some sort of political, weird political suicide. I mean, and this goes back to even before Mike Johnson, the notion that they continue to embrace Donald Trump and do whatever he asks them to do, because let's face it, the reason Mike Johnson is Speaker of the House right now is because Donald Trump rejected Tom Emmer, who may have been may have been worse. I mean, I don't know. It's all degrees of horrible as far as I'm concerned, whether it's Kevin McCarthy or this guy or Jim Jordan or Tom Emmer. Doesn't matter. They're all terrible. They're all exercising their fealty to Donald Trump, genuflecting before him with every single thing they do. I mean, imagine being these guys, and certainly I'm not pitying them, but imagine having to govern and constantly be looking over your shoulder and seeing that gigantic pumpkin head <laughs> lurking there, ready to destroy you if you do the wrong thing. Yeah. And Tom Emmer, screw him, he voted to support the election, you know? So That's right. Donald Trump destroyed him with opposition research that he flooded the zone with the other day. Also, Tom so Emmer, ins- insufficient discrimination against LGBTQ people in this country. Yeah. Uh, Peter yeah. Aguilar was giving his speech, and he said, this speaker's race has been about one thing. Who can appease Donald Trump? House Republicans have put their name behind someone who's been called the most important architect of the Electoral College objections. Now, I'm sure that the things that make uh, this guy popular in the bubble uh, make him very popular with right-wing folk, but I'm thinking about all those Republicans in districts that Joe Biden one who aren't going to sign on to a nationwide ban on abortion who aren't going to sign on to unchecked homophobia and bigotry and i will tell you bob those ads are already written for the dnc oh yeah you can imagine the the side by side you know sort of split screen ads with mike johnson on one side or maybe do like a like a triptych do like mike johnson donald trump and then whoever the candidate is whoever the republican is mike garcia or young kim or george Sanders. 
George Santos. They don't need to do George Santos, but he's one of the the Congress people who's from one of those uh, Biden districts. So, yeah, the ads kind of write themselves, don't they? Uh, I mean, just all you got to do is pair these people with Mike Johnson and say all the horrible things that Mike Johnson believes, which are also endorsed by Donald Trump. And there it is. I mean, if if the Republicans wanted to set out to help the Democrats take back the House next year, excellent job, Republicans. Very well done. Round of applause. You did it. (laughs) Let me ask you uh, about some ancient history. Uh, Yesterday, Jenna Ellis became the latest (laughs) of the uh, flip like a pancake club joining, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, well, there's there's the all stars league of uh, Michael Cohen, but then Sidney uh, Powell, uh, Ken Chesbro, of course, Mark Meadows. We heard flipped yesterday. What is what's your take on uh, suddenly Fonnie Willis getting all kinds of winged monkeys to go against the witch? You know, I, I was thinking about this, uh, that I think one of the reasons Jenna Ellis may have been crying in court yesterday is because I think she realizes that she's stuck and she has to do this thing where she pleads guilty, testifies against Donald Trump, and she understands the ramifications of that because she's seen it happen up close. In fact, she may have been participating in all of that as part of the whole stop the steal nonsense that they engaged in in 2020 into 2021, where they were just demonizing election workers and smearing them and sending their flying monkeys after them. She knows that this decision that she has made to get herself out of legal jeopardy, or at least some form of greater legal jeopardy, has also doomed her to the whimsy of the insane MAGA extremists who are probably filling her mailbox, her email Mm -hmm. inbox, her mentions, her DMs and everything on social media with the most heinous things you can possibly imagine for turning against their Messiah, Donald Trump. And that's why she may have been crying. Yeah, I've been reading old Jenna Ellis tweets all day talking about these (laughs) lies and how Donald Trump really won. And I just I just want someone to get to ask her, at what point did you realize you'd been lied to, Jenna? At what point? Because, you know, I'm like you. uh, Yeah, it's great that she's flipped, but that's not enough for me. I I want her to apologize and acknowledge that she knowingly spread the lies. She's trying to do exactly what Trump did. I didn't know. I thought he really had. They lied to me. She's going to do the exact same defense that they're taking away from Trump. It's really a remarkable thing, these two stories side by side, between Jenna Ellis yesterday and Mike Johnson today, where you have Jenna Ellis confessing in public on television, spread all around social media. I mean, it went viral with her crying and saying her piece, talking about how everything that she was saying during the post-election era, during that coup attempt, was a lie. Mm -hmm. And the very next day, The Republicans made Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, a guy who has been part of that lie, who actually legislated that lie, has signed his name onto that lie. And now he's Speaker of the House based upon something. And this is one of the reasons he's there is because of his support for Donald Trump and the fact that Donald Trump endorsed him because of his support for Donald Trump over the lie, the lie that Jenna Ellis just confessed to yesterday, which we've seen other confessions about, which we've seen Fox News confess in the context of the Dominion lawsuit and soon to be the Smartmatic lawsuit. These are all things that are being made abundantly public at this point, yet the Republicans, they keep fucking that chicken. They keep going to the same well over and over again with this election fraud, with this completely re-endorsing every time they talk about Mike Johnson, and revere him 
they keep re-endorsing this nonsense from three years ago. It's a remarkable thing to witness, especially as we see legal comeuppance being handed out along those yeah. lines. Just amazing. Um, how do you how do you scale her uh, her tears on the uh, on the Rittenhouse curve? <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a good question. I you know I think it was a lot of performance. I would put it at maybe seventy five percent performance. 25% reality, like, oh, shit, I'm so screwed now. I'm mm -hmm. not going to be able to show my face in Republican circles for many, many years. I may not even be able to go out in public because of these yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there have been many, many other Republicans. I mean, we heard from Cassidy Hutchinson uh, not too long ago, especially in her book about how terrified she is to go out. She's in hiding. She's got protection because... Because she pissed off Donald Trump and all of his flying monkeys. It's just we're in such a shithole right now with this guy. No, 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 no. It's getting better all the time. I'm sorry for everything you want to show me that's bad. I'll show you something that's getting better. And the fact is, you know, I'm the one who gets all the abuse because I've said for ages that I don't think Donald Trump will ever go to jail. And my faith has begun to waver a bit, Bob. I mean, this is only one of seven trials going on right now. He's. He's going to be losing a lot for the next year, and it's going to be a lot of humiliation. It's going to be a lot of things he can't weasel out of. And again, his appeal will not be getting broader over the next year while yeah. people are still plenty angry about Roe v. Wade. And and again, this 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 guy, uh, Johnson, I think the honeymoon will be brief. We'll see if he prevents a shutdown. I do want to ask you about Donald Trump, though, because he came out today and said something kind of remarkable that just was like Christmas for fact checkers. He came yeah. out and uh, lied and said mm -hmm. that uh, when I was president, there were no terror attacks in the U.S. I, <laughs> right. I, 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 I mean, even if you even if you take Muslims out of that, uh, wow. Or even if you take non-Muslims out of that, wow. What, 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 what did you think when you heard this? Of course, it's a lie. I mean, my my default position is to assume that everything out of his mouth is a lie. And I think we'd all do better to assume that no matter what, he, when he says his name, doubt him. That's how yeah. thoroughly you should uh, not give him the benefit of the doubt. But, yeah, he said this thing. And you know what? Those of us who cover the George W. Bush administration for eight years, we remember this distinctly where all they could do, the Bush administration, the Bush White House, was repeat the fact that we have kept you safe. Oh, yeah. Except for except, except for that the one most time deadly terror attack on American soil. Eh, but the other times we kept you safe. But that's not even true. That's the Netanyahu excuse. It's the Netanyahu yeah, exactly. excuse. Yeah. There, there was also the uh, what the Beltway snipers after 9-11. Yeah. There was the anthrax attacks after 9-11. In fact, there were some actual far right groups. Uh, Michelle Malkin and some others were keeping track of all these other terrorist attacks in the context of trying to demonize Muslims. Right. So yeah. they inadvertently proved the fact that George W. Bush didn't keep us safe for those eight years as they ballyhooed. But then Donald Trump's got to pick up on this, too. And. Once again, uh, you know, the lie may travel around the world a couple of times before we get the fact check out. But nevertheless, it's important to do that. There were many terror attacks many. on American soil during Donald Trump's one pathetic, awful, nightmarish term. Uh, one New York City in 2017, eight exactly. people were killed. First one I thought many of. Many other gingers. Yeah. 
that was a terrorist attack carried out in support of ISIS. Uh, Trump repeatedly talked about this attack during his presidency. The Justice Department during that time also alleged that the 2019 attack by uh, an extremist member of Saudi Arabia's military That's right. killed three U.S. service members. That, that also happened. Yeah, there was another one in 2018. There was another one in 2019 as well. So the and list York, goes yeah. on and on. Yeah. Well, yeah. also there there was that horrific sh- uh, the mass shooting in the Walmart in Texas. I mean, that was yeah. declared a terrorist attack as well. Yep. Yep. I mean, so there's also many examples of domestic terror uh, during those years. So I mean, it's just it's repulsive the way he does this, where. He's just like erasing those people. Like I just mentioned the eight people who were killed in New York City in 2017. You just erase that. Wave those. Yeah. That doesn't count because I've got to, I'm so brittle and insecure. I've got such a frail little fragile baby ego that I have mean, to make though? up all this shit. But, yeah. but what does it say that our country is so divided that people can live in their own realities now? Because Donald Trump can yeah. say this and, you know, those of us who care to fact check can say, oh, that's clearly demonstrably dishonest. But, you know, the folks watching Fox News and OAN are never going to be told that's a lie. They'll swallow oh, the yeah. whole. Mm-hmm. You know, he's never going to do any interviews with any media who will ask him uh, follow up questions about this. So, yeah. you know, this is a world where the lie can be told and allowed to flourish in a media ecosystem where the truth can't get to it. Yeah, that's the frustrating thing. Going back to what I was saying about the fact that uh, the way the system is set up right now, the distribution of information is that the information moves so quickly because of the Internet, because of social media that to get a fact check out there, even if it arrives, you know, 30 seconds after the lie is told, the lie has already been spread virally all over the place. And as you said, it's not even getting to a significant portion of the people who need to hear it, who if they if they heard it, they'd probably disbelieve it anyway. They'd probably say it's a false flag or, you know, just a, a, a lie or whatever, you know, the normal excuses, something yada yada, com- comet ping pong somewhere in the uh, QAnon spectrum of however they justify themselves and sleep at night. Bob Seska, but, uh, when, yeah. when and if I grow up, I want to be just like you. Uh, what is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with all your doings? And have you heard the new Stones album? Uh, yes, I have, and it's great. The, the great. song with Lady Gaga is amazing. Yeah, I love great. it. And How do yeah, we follow Kimberly's you? a big fan, too. Yeah, uh, You can follow my podcast on uh, Patreon, bobseskashow.com, also everywhere you get your podcast. Great interview out today with Jeff Charlotte, author of The Undertow, uh, oh, yeah, A Slow Civil War. Yeah, it's an amazing, I'm working on getting him. He's a great book. Oh, Bob, yeah. you're the best. Thank you for classing up my meager show. It's always a pleasure. We got to run. John. We'll be right back with your calls at 866-997-4748. Welcome back to Sirius XM on the day that a guy who's as far right wing as Jim Jordan, but has access to a sports coat, becomes Speaker of the House. Uh, Democrats, start your fundraising. And Republicans in Biden swing districts? Bye. I am so pleased to welcome to the show one of our favorite guests. Anytime we can chloroform and sucker this woman into being on our show, we are thrilled. Allison Gill, known as AG to her many loyal followers, is a terrific comedian, entertainer, author, and staunch advocate for resistance. In 2017, she started her first podcast, Muller She Wrote, out of her kitchen when the U.S. government investigated the podcast. 
Donald Trump had her fired, even though she'd been working with him for more than 11 years. Catch her Daily Beans podcast. It is one of the smartest pods you can get, and all the podcasts MSW puts out. It's always a good honor to welcome Allison Gill back to our evil army of the night. Welcome. Ah, thank you. And thank you for being on the Daily Beans this week. It was a, it was a pleasure to have you. I was saying to you in the break, it's always such a pleasure to be on your show. You have such a smart listenership and you you talk about things and let me talk about things that are just, uh, you know, really from the heart. I really appreciate the kind of questions you ask and I appreciate how much soul you put into every episode of your podcast. It's it's not just like angry liberals screaming about hemp and socialism. It's It's really got a lot of heart. I love what you do. Well, thank you so much. We even called the episode "The Separation of Church and Hate," which was something thank that you you, uh, you coined. So we that appreciate the, that's the name of the book I'm writing and the uh, solo show I'm writing right now too. So I'm I'm glad. Thank you, uh, Allison. I have so much I want to ask you about for just this week, just today. It's only Wednesday. You know, I, I seem to remember Fox News settling a defamation suit about uh, uh, rigged voting machines by Hugo Chavez for three quarters of a billion dollars. And it took 22 days for the House to elect a guy who pushed those same exact lies. Where do you uh, what what do you think uh, is going to be the case with Speaker Mike Johnson? I kind of feel like I'm going to let him have his day of happiness because this day, I think, is as good as it's going to get for him. Uh, Agree. He's not going to be able to do anything unless he does it in a bipartisan way. And that will earn him the ridicule of several members of his caucus. He is basically Jim Jordan without the name recognition. I think that what stopped people from voting for Jim Jordan, but allowed them to go forward with Mike Johnson is that they are counting on the voters in the Biden districts where those Republicans reside to not know or understand or be too stupid to realize that Mike Johnson is just as bad, if not worse, of a hardliner than Jim Jordan. So that's all he is, is he's he's Jim Jordan without the name Recog, and that's all they're trying to do is slip him past them. I also think he's Jim Jordan uh, with Donald Trump on speed dial. I mean, he played a much more prominent role than people have really understood in Donald Trump's bid to seize power and throw out the will of American voters in four states. I mean, you know, we would talk about election night. We talk about uh, January 6th and how the GOP tried to throw out the will of voters in two states. But he got 100 Republicans to sign on to this amicus brief seeking to throw out the will of the American people in four different states. And, you know, he's not going to have Virginia Fox there to yell shut up at every journalist who asks him about this for the rest of his career. Isn't she a peach? Um, Oh, education chair. Yeah. Mm, Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, no. The fact that he parroted the Hugo Chavez uh, Dominion voting lies that Sidney Powell brought to the table, who which, by the way, she just pled guilty. I know. It's beautiful. And said that everything, all of it, she admitted was a lie. This is the albatross that, that the Democrats need to hang around the necks of the House Republicans to win the House back in 2024, as if we needed another reason. Uh, but this is it, uh, honestly. So, yeah, I, I'm shocked, but not surprised, per usual. Uh, and I think that this is a gift in disguise. But it is, it's only going to get worse for him. I think it will. I mean, I, I said this last night on the show. The only Republican who is saying anything that makes sense about abortion policy for the 2024 election is Donald Trump. He's the only Republican who's coming out and saying these six-week, five-week bans are going to kill you. He's trying to talk sense into him, and they are ignoring him because 
they believe the Bible says something it doesn't say. So what is it going to mean when the voters get to learn how this man doesn't just want to ban it without any restrictions, that this man wants to force children who are rape victims and impregnated to carry their attacker's child, and that he literally believes that doctors who provide care to pregnant women who've made a choice, that those doctors deserve manual labor in prison. I kind of feel like every time I worry that the Roe v. Wade outrage mojo might not be there next year, the Republicans do something to piss off Americans again. Yeah, this was not the way to go. And and of course, this is the one time they they uh, decide not to listen to Donald Trump. Uh, we have seen over and over again the voters reject in a big way election denialism, Trumpism, MAGA, hard right, stuff like that, anti-choice. Uh, uh, we've seen it in, I think, almost now 40 elections, special elections that we've won over 80 percent of them and by huge margins, 11 point yeah. margins. There's been massive swings uh, and it's they're still not getting it through their head that they've caught the car and they need to, like, let the car go. But they but they can't. Right. Because this they is can't. a Supreme Court decision that is now codified, you know, because of because of the overturning of Hobbes. So I honestly don't see what they were thinking other than what I have been saying for the last three weeks. They will tank every moderate, quote unquote, moderate Republican until they can install a MAGA person or let the government shut down. That's always been their goal. And now they have it. And I'm interested yeah. to know what he promised Matt Gates. Exactly. Uh, I'm guessing a pardon, but 45 <laughs> years, 45 years since the Republican Party decided that Christianity meant putting women in jail for something Christ never mentions and the Bible never bans. And it's a kind of like theocratic groupthink, not saying that Jesus would be pro-abortion. I'm saying that he was against the death penalty. He was very on the record about that, and they don't care what Jesus actually stood for. This is their own thing. It's their own cult behavior. And I don't think that they care that they're at odds with the majority of American voters. It's it's going to be crazy. Can I, can no, I talk to you about... Go ahead, please. I was just going to say they cherry-picked the Bible like they cherry-picked the Constitution. It's the same. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Donald Trump's extremely, extremely, extremely bad legal week. And good God almighty on a pogo stick. It's only Wednesday. We had Sydney and Chesbro last week flipped. We had Jenna Ellis and, of course, uh, Mark Meadows flipped this week. Not a big surprise about Meadows, is it? We've been talking for months about how he's probably already done it. And now we find out he's spoken to Jack Smith at least three times, including one time in front of a grand jury. Yeah, I think what happened here is what we were reporting on the Jack podcast back in March and April when they were doing the privilege battle with what we dubbed the Ocha Nostra, which were the eight people that claimed executive privilege about their discussions with Donald Trump. And Jack Smith went to the judge at the time, Beryl Howell, it's now Chief Judge Boesberg, and said, there's no such thing as executive privilege here. Sorry. And the judge agreed and compelled them all to testify. And I think that's what brought Mark Meadows back in, except his he's got one of the more competent lawyers in Trump world um, to George Terwilliger, the uh, third who insisted on uh, immunity. So so Jack Smith granted what's called limited use immunity about a certain amount of questions. And it looks like from ABC's reporting, these questions were regarding discussions that Mark Meadows had with Trump about whether or not he had lost the election and whether or mm -hmm. not voter fraud happened or was real. 
And so I think it's very limited limited immunity. I don't think it clears him of any wrongdoing because if he were cleared and given full immunity, he would have taken a plea deal down in Georgia a long time ago. It's a good point. Um, but the fact that he's still trying to get out of Georgia and still trying to remove it to federal court and still, still. hasn't taken a plea deal means that anything that he can and say down can and will say down there could implicate him still. I think he's still on the hook in D.C. as one of the unindicted co-conspirators because he talked to the grand jury before the indictment came out, before he was listed as an unindicted co-conspirator. So but yeah, your your point grandly is very, very bad legal week uh, for Donald Trump. But today, just today, he, hit, he got hit with another fine for violating a gag order in New York. Yeah. Can I can I can I play you? This is the exact moment where Donald Trump violates the gag order. And here you'll hear the live sounds of Donald Trump earning himself a $10,000 fine. Uh, this was a trial should have never been brought, but if we had a jury, it would have been fair, at least, even if it was a somewhat negative jury, because no negative jury was brought against me. But this judge will, because this judge is a very partisan judge, with a person who's very partisan sitting alongside of him, perhaps even much more partisan than he is. So uh, we are doing very well. The facts are speaking very loud. Uh, he's a totally discredited witness, and you haven't seen anything yet. This goes on for a long time, but he's a totally discredited witness. Okay, there's a lot of bullshit there, but, you know, he is right that that uh, Michael Cohen didn't have the best day on the stand yesterday. Uh, however, it was Donald Trump's own lawyer that bypassed the jury. But what he said there was enough to make Judge Engeron call him up to the witness stand, put him under oath and then dress him down in front of everyone. I mean, I, I wish this was on camera because the transcript is astonishing. Trump was trying to split hairs and say, I wasn't talking about your law clerk. I was talking about Michael Cohen. But they fined him ten thousand dollars. First, give me your thoughts on that. And then I have a question about that to ask you. Well, yeah, the judge said, I'm the trier of fact. I don't find you to be a credible witness. I'm finding you $10,000. And this is after a previous $5,000 fine for leaving up uh, disparaging comments on his campaign website about the same law clerk. Um, He also mentioned a discredited witness. And and I'll answer your question, but at, at some point we should address the fact that the Department of Justice tonight filed their opposition to Trump stopping Judge Chutkin's gag order. And yes. in that filing, as I said, I'm looking for these things. They mentioned that Truth Social post about Mark Meadows calling Jack Smith deranged and a thug. And they also mentioned the $5,000 and $10,000 fine and the violation of the gag orders in New York and that he brought up a witness, a known witness in the D.C. trial. And so they they are not only asking Judge Chutkin to lift the stay on the gag order, but to modify his bail conditions to include the gag order and the bail conditions, because when you modify the bail conditions, contempt and uh, detention, remand are on the menu. They, They can be used as punishment. So that was a very interesting filing tonight. But yeah, that's my thoughts about, I mean, He's going to violate these gag orders. He's going to walk right up to the line and in some cases, just like today, step over them. So I agree with you. And I keep wondering, when will we see the first judge who's willing to revoke this guy's bail, even for a weekend? But here's the question that's been nagging at me all day uh, and will keep me up tonight. It's awful funny to see Donald Trump uh, have a gag order. A lot of jokes about that. Um, it's very funny to watch him get fined $10,000, $15,000 in just a week's time for violating the gag order. But the reality is Donald Trump's fundraising off of this 
and he'll probably make 10 times $10,000 tonight alone from the MAGA faithful because the mailing has already gone out that he's being harassed by this judge and that he's been violating his free speech, blah, 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 blah. And I wonder if the judge may have walked into a trap. I mean, haven't these orders incentivized Donald Trump to violate them? Because he makes more money every time he violates it than he is fined. Yeah. And and there might be some sort of an issue later about uh, revocation and forfeiture of ill-gotten gains, uh, perhaps (laughs) Uh, like how you can't uh, do a crime and write a book about it and keep any of the money. Um, but I, I spoke about this with Glenn Kirshner uh, today. That the interview is going to air tomorrow on the Daily Beans oh, about about duty, because we we talked about this when the Russia investigation started. You know, p- people said, uh, you know, I talked to Andy McCabe about this. If we did not open the investigation into Russia, that would be a political consideration. That would be a dereliction of duty. It happened during his impeachment. When we said impeach him and everyone was like, oh, it'll never get convicted in the Senate. And we're like, that's not you don't base your impeachment on whether or not he gets convicted in the Senate. It's your duty constitutionally to impeach this man if you have the majority to do it. And they did twice. It happened with the indictment. Oh, if we indict him, it's just going to embolden him and empower him. We, you know, it's so, oh, well, it's your I'm sorry. It's your duty to follow the facts of the law and indict this man, regardless of the outcome. And the same is true with this gag order. It is inherent in the court's duty to treat all defendants, criminal defendants, the same, no matter what. And I understand he's running for president. I understand you don't want to give him the option to appeal or give him the ability to fundraise, not you, but, you know, people like folks who are arguing this. Uh, I understand that, but it would be political to not, if that makes any sense. And we've seen it over and over and over again with this man, with this particular criminal defendant. Um, oh, it'll just make him stronger. Oh, it'll embolden him. Remember Hitler? He went to jail and then came out and became Hitler. You know, we can't make we can't use prosecutorial discretion or impeachment discretion or whether or not we're going to open an investigation based on what could happen after. It's like the old Midge Hedberg joke. You know, well, I was going to eat this apple, but then it'll be a core, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I keep reminding everyone there are seven criminal trials between now and the the criminal and civil criminal and civil. Yes, because we've still got the second E. Jean Carroll trial, which he's already guilty of. It's just going to be the the penalties. He's already guilty in the Tish James trial right now in New York State. And then January 29th begins the ACN Communications uh, Pyramid Scheme trial for Donald Trump and his kids. Uh, how important is it for at least some of these to be broadcast on television, Allison? I, I feel like Jack Smith's trial about the election interference is... I, tell me if I'm wrong, but it, it seems to be the most important trial in the history of this country. And it gets to a certain point where I've always thought that Supreme Court hearing should be on TV. I, I think execution should be on TV. We pay for it. What would it mean if at least one of these trials could be broadcast? Right. To deter from wanting to execute people, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, exactly. It, that's it, my that's my personal kink. But yeah, I'd, I'd love right. to just show people what they're paying for and turn them off to executions even more. Exactly. NBC and a bunch of other media outlets have filed a 43, I think, page motion to televise the D.C. Trump trial, which is, is probably the most, like you said, um, important trial in the history of the United States. 
And they bring up a couple of good points. They said, hey, we saw Oliver North testify. We saw Clinton uh, testify before the grand jury on live television. Uh, we argue that this is far more important and, and uh, consequential than those things that were televised. And we we think that should be televised. And I've heard the arguments against it uh, as well to make it a media circus, to to try it in the in the court of public opinion before the jury gets to see it, but the jury could be tainted by something that was televised. I am personally for televising this trial um, because I, well, I'm a, I'm a journalist. It's historic. We should all watch it. And when I watched the January 6th hearings, uh, how important that was to, to Americans, to citizens, to voters, to be able to see those live on television. um, That's kind of the same way that I feel about, about this trial. But I don't know. I don't think that they're going to televise that trial. They are going to televise the Fulton County trial, which now has a good chance of going to trial before the election. It didn't before because we had two speedy trial people, but she flipped them like that. So when people are like, why did they get these sweetheart deals? Well, there was a lot of benefit in it for the D.A. First of all, we don't have to waste a bunch of time on speedy trials like happening super soon and eating up all of our resources. But also I'm not, I don't have to show Donald Trump and the rest of the defendants, my entire prosecution and my plan and my, you know, my, my whole, I don't have to put my cards on the table for them to see they can prepare for defense. So that's why they got good deals. And they were also the first to flip first to squeal gets the best deal. They say, Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would like to see the January 6th trial uh, televised. Um, personally, that one, that specific one, I think is the most consequential. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but we will see everything that goes on with the remaining 15 defendants that might get whittled down to probably seven or eight. That will be televised and we'll be able oh. to watch that. Beautiful. Say it slower. Beautiful. Uh, Allison, if I was Donald Trump, I'd be very scared right now. And if I was Rudy Giuliani, I'd be very drunk right now. Uh, but that was true 10 years ago as well. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that has nothing to do with his legal trouble. <laughs> exactly. Let's let's talk about that. Um, how dire has things become for Rudy? And why why is it that no one seems to think Rudy Giuliani would never flip on Donald Trump? I mean, if there's anyone on Earth who has dirt on Donald Trump, Next to the ghost of Roy Cohn, it's got to be Rudy. But uh, and yet it seems like Trump is still holding fundraisers for him at Mar-a-Lago. It seems like that relationship is rock solid. Yeah, it does. And that's sort of uh, been illustrated in the Ruby Freeman Shea Moss defamation suit in Washington, D.C., because he has failed to give over discovery. He's failed to hand over his documents and his emails at every turn. He's been resistant despite all the fines, he's up to $150,000 in sanctions now, despite the sanctions that instruct the jury to ignore what Rudy Giuliani says about how much money he has, to assume he's hiding it, like all of these negative inferences and adverse inferences, all of those sanctions. And he he's not replying uh, because whatever he has, whatever documents he have that has that are subject to discovery, he would rather hide and pay mm-hmm. out the nose because the judge has already, per sanctions, because he failed to hand over discovery, decided that he defamed Ruby Freeman and Shane Moss. So he got a pre, yeah. They got a, a, a summary judgment on that. They don't have to prove um, falsity or defamation there. And so it, this is another trial where, like Eugene's, where it's just we're just here to award damages. Uh, and he's he would rather pay those damages and take the hit and get disbarred than hand over what he has. So that tells me that he is not a flipper. 
or maybe he tried and everyone was like, we, you're a useless pariah piece of shit witness. You are useless to us. We aren't cutting you a deal. And so maybe he simply can't. Um, and there's no reason for him to hand over his stuff in discovery because he can't use it to get off the hook in these other cases. Exactly. But he's he's in deep doo-doo. Um, he owes his previous lawyer, Robert Costello, is suing him for $1.4 million in unpaid fees. His other two legal uh, lawyers for Fulton County have dropped him, saying they owe him millions of dollars. They haven't sued yet, but I'm waiting for that any day. His former assistant, uh, Ms. Dunphy, is suing him for oh, $10 million. Oh, yes. She's, a, she's great. I'm looking forward to that one immensely. Um, he's still got Dominion and Smartmatic waiting in the wings. And they they extracted three quarters of a billion dollars out of Fox from Dominion. And we don't even right. Smartmatic could be bigger. So he is um, going to die probably in prison and penniless. And that's, you know, even though justice but, takes but what's the bad time. side? What's the bad side is my question. What's the bad side <laughs> for us? <laughs> I think you're right. Or... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's beautiful. It's like porn for the angels. Um, Allison, I, I, I love having you here. We've only got a couple minutes, but I, I do want to ask you, how's Joe Biden doing? I mean, he just went to the Middle East and he's now visited more active war zones in the last eight months than every other president combined. Uh, he's probably the single reason in the world that we haven't seen Mossad going door to door, blowing people away and having a massive ground assault in Gaza right now. And they just announced in light of the Chips Act yesterday, uh, 75 new companies that can start 31. I'm sorry, 31 new tech hubs that will compete for 75 million dollars each to scale up their work thanks to the Chips and Science Act. I mean, you wouldn't know it from the news, but the guy is getting shit done. How do you think he's doing, polls aside? Um, again, I, I don't look at the polls. I look at the uh, interim uh, special elections that we've been having, and, and yes. those speak volumes to me. And that's just on democracy and choice and, and election denialism. The, the sad thing is, is the message about what Joe Biden is getting done isn't getting out to the people. People are actually crediting their governors. I saw uh, some polling where people are like 86 percent satisfied with their governors because they think that what Joe Biden is doing is they're accredited. They're crediting it to their to their governors uh, instead where that where that where the rubber meets the road. But, yeah, 14 million jobs. You're right. He's the reason that there's not a full on ground assault that's leveled. Um, Gaza right now, he's got he's, all these hostages released and not just the, the, the recent ones, but going back to, you know, I mean, it's his diplomacy, his team, uh, Anthony Blinken, um, yeah. everybody who works at state. It, it's just a truly incredible thing to behold. And I think it's I wish people could know what how it would be different if Donald Trump had won that election uh, and and how much we take for granted what goes on in the government that we never hear about um, uh, that uh, keep the lights imagine? on. If Donald Trump had won the election, he would have said, I just got back from Israel and these people were walking up to me saying, sir, thank you. Thank you so much. Please tell us more about this live golf tournament. It sounds wonderful, Mr. Trump. We, the Israelis were so grateful I'm doing the live golf tournament. That's exactly and what there's no, You know what? Putin is happy because I gave him half Crimea and a little bit more, a little bit extra on the top because he was so nice and powerful and kind. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Allison Gill. What is the best way for our evil army of the night to follow you and keep up with all your many doings? Oh, gosh, since Twitter is circling the drain, I'm, I'm Muller She Wrote on Twitter, but please listen to the Daily Beans and the yes. Jackpot. 
and clean up on yes. l 45 me and Andy McCabe, me and Pete Strzok, me and Dana Goldberg. That's where I get most of my messages out. And I, I interview incredible people like yourself. Um, and I'd like to see you more on our show. Hopefully we'll you got be it. able to arrange that. Um, that that is where and please check out our amazing cooperative of independent podcasters at mswmedia.com Elsa Gill you are the best at what you do thank you for joining us we got to take a quick break we'll be right back with your calls at 866-997-4748 this is Sirius XM Progress we have an update on the situation in Maine, where this evening more people were killed by one guy with an automatic assault weapon than have been killed in the entire last year in the state. It's uh, believed 22 people have died. The shootings apparently took place in both a Walmart fulfillment center and a bowling alley. We don't know if it's more than one shooter. Maine is a place that, you know, doesn't have a red flag law and doesn't prevent uh, domestic abusers from accessing guns and doesn't limit magazine capacity and doesn't have a waiting period. The shooter has been identified as Robert Card. He is driving a white 2013 Subaru Outback. Homeland Security has offered assistance. God help those people. And I hope, hope, hope that maybe it. this is the tragedy that finally makes Americans wake up and realize that if you're a patriot and you want to call yourself pro-life, you're going to make it harder because men have shown they are not able to handle the privilege of having military-grade assault weapons as civilians. Okay, I'm so pleased to welcome back to the show Dr. Tracy Pearson. She's an amazing legal analyst and consultant. You've seen her on TV, you heard her on radio and podcast, everywhere from Forbes and Fast Company and the New York Post and Cheddar News and News Nation. She was on our show last week, live in the studio in L.A. It's so great to welcome back Dr. Tracy. Hello, doctor. Hi, John. It is wonderful to be here with you. I I am going through John withdrawal because I saw you twice last week, actually three times if you count your show. And so I am in absolute withdrawal right now. Oh, no. Well, don't tell your husband. I I want to tell everyone Tracy's husband is a real gentleman, very tall, handsome guy. It was nice to meet him uh, after the show. Thank you for dragging him there. I hope your marriage is still intact after sitting through our show because it it, it breaks a lot of strong couples. It it tears families apart, this show. So I hope everything's We're weird. We're weird. So we're good. Yeah. Yeah, we're okay. good. We actually laughed really, really hard. And everybody should, if they have an opportunity to see a Sexy Liberal show, go to it. Yeah, well, you can, you can get the download. It's uh, sexyliberal.com if you want to see the uh, the pay-per-view. It's, I think it's up until the beginning of November. So do yourself a favor. It was, man, that Frangela, they are funny. Stephanie's funny. Hal's funny. It was a, a really fun show. I'm glad you got to be there. Yes. Uh, Tracy, what a day. Let me play you a brief <laughs> clip of uh, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. where she's telling us who Mike Johnson is and why we should be concerned. A man of deep faith, Mike epitomizes what it means to be a servant leader. A deeply respected constitutional lawyer, Mike has dedicated his life to preserving America's great principles of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Mike is a titan on the Judiciary Committee and a dedicated member of the House Armed Services Committee. And as vice chair of our conference, he has united all of our members to speak clearly and boldly on behalf of the American people. A friend to all and an enemy to none, Mike is strong, (laughs) tough, and fair. And above all, Mike is kind. Unless you're gay or a raped pregnant woman or you want to smoke a flower that grows here in the States. Tracy, I, I'm just letting Mike 
Johnson have his wonderful day because it's going to all change. This man wasn't vetted. They, they, you know, I'm seeing a repeat of 20 of 1992 uh, or, or rather 1998 when uh, the speaker Republican speaker had to resign in disgrace and they found the other guy who's going to replace him. But then that guy had scandals and he got scuttled. So they said, let's find the most boring guy we can find here that flies under the radar and make him speaker. And they did. And he wound up being the longest serving Republican speaker in history. And his name was Denny Hastert, the pedophile. So um, it shows what happens when you pick the quiet guy in the corner and don't vet him too well. Again, I'm not accusing him of pedophilia. Quite the opposite. I don't think he's ever experienced sexual pleasure or likes anyone who does. But uh, we don't know much about this guy. And I can guarantee you, I was reading a 20 year old op ed where he was explaining why sodomy should be criminalized in a free society. We're going to learn a lot about this guy, aren't we? We are going to learn a lot about this guy. I I, I want to apologize to everyone because I almost feel as if I might have have caused this to happen. I, I you know I went to the comedy show and I felt empowered and my my inner black mama came out and I said, look, if you guys can't pick somebody, I'm going to pick somebody. I'm going to pick myself and I'm going to come down and mm-hmm. do it. And then mm. they elected this idiot. And and you know what I got real upset about is when you start proselytizing from the dais talking you know that that you you've been chosen by god we've all been chosen by god here to do this i mean it was absolutely frightening on top of frightening that's already happening in the world this was freaking frightening and i i i did tweet at one point um something along the lines of you know now that we'll return to our regular programming of having fake christians shove their religion down our throat um because this is this this guy is is as far right as you can get he, I think, said in a, a committee hearing once that that women should be forced to, to give birth to more children so that they yes. would have more workers in order to be able to cut back on Social Security. We and played that clip earlier in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not feeling so good about it. And I don't want to hear about where his wife's knees have been. I don't care. I'm not getting on my knees for anything. I don't even go for an earring that I drop. I mean, that's why I have a husband to go find that stuff. So I, nice. I'm not interested in anything that he's selling. Well, I mean, again, I'll believe the Christian talk when one Republican, I'll put this offer out every day, uh, someone call me and tell me one actual teaching of Jesus from the Bible that this guy has fought for legislatively in Congress. I know he's only been there since 2017. He's the most inexperienced House speaker since 1883. But, uh, you know, it's... I said it in the first hour, show me anywhere in history where the extreme religious conservatives have been the good guys in anything. And, and inexperience can work two ways. One, it can be you are so inexperienced that you are going to be led around by your nose by everybody else and do their bidding. Or it can be that you are going to shun everybody else and you are going to go off and and become an authoritative, you know, uh, idiot that is going to just sort of steamroll everybody. Um, It's one or the other. It's very rarely in the middle. Yeah, I completely agree. I want to go to the phones. Zach in Tennessee, thank you for your patience. You're on SiriusXM with uh, with Dr. Tracy. How are you, Zach? Big John, Dr. Tracy Pearson, what is cracking tonight? Hey, Zach, you know, how are just, you? I mean, torn hey, between wanting to make fun of this new speaker and just being so shocked and appalled and and, and just uh, just smacked in the face by, by what's going on in Maine. Um, it, it's just both, such a tragedy. Go ahead. Let's hit me. do both. Let's make fun. Let's make fun of this fake Christian 
uh, and uh, by conjuring up thoughts and prayers for the victims of the shooting, because that is all our pathetic country can seem to do any time this happens, which is all the time. And um hope you had a nice weekend, John, or week in L.A., John. I, I is sure it like did, a sir. lost week? Is it like a lost weekend like John Lennon had or just a regular I one? wish. Uh, was we a, tried was to kidnap him and keep him here. We it really, was a really week really of. It was a week of incredible sobriety where I was working, uh, you know, 18-hour days. So, no, not a lot of fun this uh, week. No, but no, I had a lo- no, lot, of, no. lot of fun on the—I got to say, no, I had a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun on the air. Had a lot of fun on stage. I had a couple of good stand-up hey, shows while I was out there and some really fun radio shows. You, you guys need to come—just uh, uh, just real quick. You guys need to come to different parts of the country. I, you, you guys need to come to, like, Asheville, North Carolina, which is near me. It's— we have. I'd love to see you guys, but y'all do. We like played Asheville. We we, we played Asheville like three or four times, but we haven't been there since 2017. Uh, I'm hoping we come back. No, we we played the Asheville Civic Center, and we played. Uh, oh, what's that beautiful oh, theater? Okay. My brother, my brother lives in Asheville, so we we played there several times. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean okay? All right. Well, I have to. Uh, well, just tell Steph. Uh, you know, keep this in mind. I'm working on. No, we're coming back. We're coming. I'm 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 working on that. We're we're listen. We have San Francisco in January, and we have uh, Chicago on the eve of the big convention next summer, and a few more dates to be announced. Right. Hopefully this week. That's cool. Okay, so we I think we're our the um the, the I hate saying the term body count, but I think we're approaching the 20s. Um yeah, I'm, a the 20s I, I'm a gun owning I'm a gun owning progressive. My my dad was a, a you know, a democrat lifelong. Uh he was a federal federally licensed firearms dealer when he passed away. I put it in his obituary that he was probably one of the few Democrats that had a subscription to Shotgun News. So I and I, I, I got and I got and I got no problem with shotguns, my friend. I, I grew up with a Southern grandma. I had a shotgun in the corner. No problem with those. That's 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 the gun you want to have for home defense. You don't have to fire it. All you got to do is hit it. just show it. International sense to get out of my house. But so my my you know I, I I'm of the mind that you can have all the guns you want. You can stack them you know six feet high. You can build a fort out of them in your house. But the the thing that does the damage is the ammo and the rounds. And I I'd love to see states like. Virginia once a, a a Republican governor, I mean a Democratic governor gets in, or California or somewhere, uh, maybe New Mexico, start to limit the purchase of rounds of ammo in the same manner that we did with pseudoephedrine when uh, yep. that became. Yeah. I, I really think that there's. I think, and maybe Dr. Pearson can speak to this. I'm not sure. I. I think that there there would be room in the Constitution for such a such a a proposal. I know it would cause you know just a complete you know shift yeah no storm. but but we but it doesn't but, matter you have to be the political party that keeps fighting for this even if you keep on losing keep fighting right. let the world see because I don't see how Tracy these men can call themselves pro life or patriots. When they're so committed to making it really easy for unstable men in their early 20s to easily get their hands on mass kill machines. That's correct. I mean, I think that that while it makes sense to, to limit ammunition, I don't think it can be. It, it can be limited um, because well, what about what about what about magazine capacity? Well, that, I mean, well, I'm a big right. fan of making ma- maniacs have to reload a lot mid massacre. 
I think that that what they're going to do is they're going to take a broad reading of what it means to bear arms. It, it doesn't mean anything if your gun's empty. Um, and so I think that they're probably going to take a broad reading of that. I mean, in places like Maine, I was born in Maine. I was born in Augusta. I know that area very well. I know Lewiston. I know Portland. And when they originally came on with this story, they said it was in Portland, Lewiston and in Augusta. And I and they gave the time frames that they believed it had happened. And I looked and I said, you can't get there from 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 here. <laughs> you know, you can't get there from here um, uh, in between <laughs> those those cities, those t- cities. Um by uh in that amount of time i know that i mean you you'd really have to be no traffic and really hauling yeah but i think that that you know when you think about a place like maine which is it has it has you know some some sort of blue folks in there has red folks it's a very mm-hmm. big state it's mm-hmm. when 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 somebody had listed on twitter you know all the things that state that maine doesn't have and i said yep and it never gonna have it because maine um, it is it is just such a, a population devoted to to not in the same way as sort of the south or, or you know, sort of the mini south of sure. of guns. But it is absolutely devoted to having but, an but, a firearm. But, I, but I, yeah, I, I, but I, I'm fine with that. Like, I'm not against gun ownership. Uh, I, I, I feel like, you know, uh, I get it and I'm not against hunting. I'm not against uh, uh, using it for whatever entertainment purposes you have, but I'm not going to pretend it's not about entertainment. And for me, it's it's not about confiscating guns. Uh, it's about making it harder for civilians exactly. to own machines that are designed to kill lots of humans really fast. Now, if civilians can't own grenade launchers and white phosphorus and tactical nukes, that means we have sure. already accepted some limitations on our right to bear arms. And I just want to see Democrats start standing up and saying, if you don't want to do anything to prevent these shootings, then these shootings are acceptable to you. What and, and John, I, I like I to do... Oh, oh, go ahead. Sure, Zach, go ahead. Thank you. Sorry, Dr. Sorry, Dr. Pearson. Um, but my my point is is if if, if we could regulate, uh, like like I said, the guns. You can. I mean, I, you can have as many guns as you want. But it's like I have an I have a really beautiful Springfield M, uh, M14, which shoots a 7.62 NATO round. Uh, one of the things that keeps me from just shooting it all the time up at the range is that the, the ammo is expensive and hard to get. And I I just think if we could, tr- you know track it like you know you can only buy you can only buy a, a month's worth of pseudoephedrine before yeah. you're you know before you can buy another pack it's and easier and, to get a mass kill machine than pseudoephedrine in that state well right. in any and state just, because yeah because it is it is it, you don't have a right to pseudoephedrine yeah right Go well on. that's true but it, yeah and 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 i agree with what you said and i'll, I'll jump off uh like if um you know if liquefied children and i, I that's what i call sandy hook if yes. that's not going to change anything, then nothing will. But we never, and I'm not saying, I, I know it would take a lot of heartache and would be very touchy, but and probably a lot of right-wingers wouldn't even believe it. But if we saw the carnage, that's one thing, you know, we don't see the carnage. This applies to death around the world because we're so isolated and insulated from it. We don't see what was in that classroom at Sandy Hook. In, in, in but America. that's it. That's it. That, that's what would change it. it. Emmett Till's mom would change it if 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 we right. were allowed to see the byproduct of civilians, especially white men in their early 20s who are allowed to own these mass kill machines. I'm sorry. I want yeah. to start seeing the photos so Americans will understand what happens to a child body when AR-15 yeah. rounds spray through it. 
Americans do. Americans do. They I sat through I don't know how many hours of of the Parkland shooter trial when it came to his sentencing for the death penalty. And I sat there and listened to bullet. But listening is one thing, doctor. But 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 again, we've got to see it. There's got to be parents who do what Emmett Till's mom did and throw up in the casket and say, look at what your machine did. Because I, I think that's, yeah. that's what it's going to just, yeah. just for the same reason I think that putting executions on TV would turn people against the death penalty. I think seeing what this machine does to child bodies would finally wake up the souls of some of these people. I could be wrong. I would hope. No, I, I would hope. No, I, yeah, and 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 you you aren't wrong, but I also think look at what's happened in Israel and and what they did with those weapons over there, and and how how people have reacted to it, including legislators. And then look at what happens in these shootings; they're no different. There were loads of people killed. It's I'm not no sure what you mean about in Israel. What weapons do you mean? In, I'm sorry. And and they went in there with 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 weapons that did the same type of damage, the same type you of cavitation. Yes. Hamas? Yes. Well, yes. yeah. Yeah. And and but you saw the reaction over here uh, with the legislators, which is, you know, this one of, of, of massive response and, you know, and in in their words. But but the same thing happens in our schools over here all the time, all the time. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. It's a great I, I point. Feel like if it, I feel like if it was a school in somebody's district, like my horrible representative, uh, her name's Diana Harshbarger. I feel like if. If that happened in a school here in Upper East Tennessee, and 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 we we saw you know bodies of liquefied kids, I, that uh, that may force somebody like her to maybe change or mod. I mean, because we're never going to get them to change. God knows if they even saw the images, if they would even believe that they you know oh that's Christ or that's a Hollywood set. Yeah, but you like know that. you know how it works, Zach. I mean, b- being a good person doesn't get you campaign donations. Shilling for the gun industry that's does. True. Thank and you so much for the call, man. Thank, Thank you, sir. I, I appreciate you. Tracy, I'm and sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. That's the point. The 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 issue here is that it's it. they believe it. They know what the the weapon does. It's it's that they use these red herrings of, well, it's mental illness that caused it. It's not the gun that caused it. They can yeah. rationalize anything in order to get the buck. You're right. And on that note, we want to thank all of you guys for joining us this evening on Sirius XM Progress, especially the brilliant, gorgeous, wonderful, deeply professional, better broadcaster than me on my best day, Thea Harper, uh, the deeply gorgeous professional Chris Hauselt. Thank you as well to the very tall and handsome uh, uh, Bob Seska, the lovely and brilliant and piercing uh, 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 Allison Gill, and of course, the marvelous Dr. Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how do our listeners follow you and keep up with all your doings? Tracy Explains Everywhere and Substack Dr. Tracy Explains. Right on. Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, keep it tuned to progress all day long. We'll be back tomorrow night. I'll be on Dan Abrams' show, I think, tomorrow evening on News Nation. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. 